Hey, what's up, everybody? Terminal Transmissions here. Episode 13. Lucky number 13. It's a curse. <laughs> yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's not the same movie. I don't think it is. I not even close. <laughs> there was a killer. He was big. Same movie. Uh, apologize in advance if you can hear some cicadas in the background. Yeah. They're loud. Yeah, it's Texas outside right now. Yeah, we got Texas. Yeah. You can tell it's Texas because it's wet. <laughs> Everything's wet. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, speaking of Texas... New episode of Preach. Yeah, let's jump right into Preach. Oh, man. So. Real good uh, app. Yes. Episode eight. We are almost done with the season. We yeah, got two more. Two, two more. It was another phenomenal episode. Yeah. I think this one was actually my favorite episode thus far. I think this is my favorite. The yeah. writing was so strong and mm-hmm. like there were so many good bits while also like moving the story and like having like some real dark moments. Right. And honestly, it was cool because it addressed a lot of the things that we were talking about last episode of Jesse's character. Right, that, right, that, absolutely. Yeah, he, you know, he had he had been having a lot of weird personality moments. He'd been driving everyone away, and he was not acting like in he was, any. He was rebu- kind of being a fucking splurge. <laughs> yeah, and in this episode, he was really coming back down to earth, and he was he was letting his ego get deflated a little bit. And I really liked that. I really liked seeing that play out. It it was really really cool, and it was really well done. Yeah, he finally, he scooted through the remaining phases of, of grief in this episode. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, like, Jackie Earl Haley yeah. was solidly MVP of this episode. Yeah, he's incredible. His flashback scene with Jesse's dad was short, Yeah, but it, it had a lot going on. And honestly, that was the beginning of the episode, so we can just jump right in there. Sure. So the episode opens up with some people on a skiing gondola. Yeah, uh, in, in Vail, Colorado. Yeah, of all places. <laughs> yeah. Garrett's been there once or twice. Yeah, my grandmother lives there. So they're on this gondola and they're just hanging out, being a fam. And they kind of mention like, oh, he didn't show up. He didn't want to come. And then they're sort of just uh, having small talk and, and nonsense. Uh, and then the entire gondola falls and they all die. So then we find out that it was Odin's entire family. Mm-hmm. And he was the one they were referring to who wasn't there. And we get this very interesting shot of him, a younger Odin, at his desk at the at the power plant, sort of panning out. And we hear Jesse's dad in the background, sort right. of like hollering at him, but he's not actually there in the shot. And we see all these coffins, just a shit ton of coffins on the floor. And then... And strangely, a cow. Right, right. There's just, just a live like standing, cow just yeah, standing, standing there. there. So then the scene cuts, and it's still the same room, but Odin is standing there covered in blood, mm-hmm. holding up some intestines. Right. And Jesse's dad is freaking out and Odin basically is saying, you know, God's not real. Which one of these intestines is the cow? Which one's my daughter? Right. Uh, And he says, uh, there's no difference. It's all meat. There's no spirit. There's no soul. There's nothing. And then he basically demands that John, which is Jesse's dad's name, uh, goes to church and denounces God because God's not real because his whole family died and it's all meaningless. So John declines. And right. then he takes Jesse and they leave. And that was the scene in episode four. Right, right. Where we didn't see inside the room. Yeah, and you we didn't saw, know what yeah. was going on. We saw Jesse's perspective of just his dad in there yelling and like then him walking by and looking in the room. But we didn't see what he saw. But it's Odin standing there with all of his family's corpses and this dead cow like holding their entrails. And it was wild. 
And then we kind of get insight into why Odin doesn't believe in God. Right. So it was really, really, it was a great scene. It was one of my favorite scenes in the episode, just because, like I said, Jackie Earl Haley killed it right there. Right. Like his acting in that scene when he was screaming about the souls and the meat, it was so good. Yeah, it was incredible. So then we jump to now, present day, mm-hmm. and he's still outside the church with his militia. And they get a crew to, to roll up into the church. And Jesse just beats the shit out of him. It was a really like another non-traditional fight scene, kind of like the one that we saw in the episode at the diner mm-hmm. or at the hotel rather. Right, right. In that you don't actually see, you just hear like comical like fight sounds, just like <laughs> psh, psh, chop psh, right. and like just see windows breaking and you hear bullets and then they all come out like bloody with their asses beat. <laughs> also, did you notice that their main dude is Keith Jardine? No, I didn't. Yeah, the main, the main like tough that you keep yeah, seeing with, yeah. the, with the beard is the dean of me and Keith Jardine, former UFC fighter. I didn't realize that. I knew yeah. that he looked familiar, but I didn't put that together. Yeah, yeah, I noticed it in the like the second episode when they first went to the whorehouse. I was like, "That's Keith Jardine," huh. but I didn't realize that all those guys in the whorehouse were going to end up being like, yeah, important right, to right. some extent. That's cool. So anyway, yeah, they all roll up in, they get their asses beat, uh, <laughs> they come back down the hill to Odin, and all their guns have been taken away from them. <laughs> um, and they're just like, yeah, he beat us up and took our guns. Sorry. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it was awesome. I like that. And Donnie's like, what did he say? Yeah. And he's like, like freaking hey, out. Yeah. And they're like, he didn't say anything. They just beat us up. Yep. Which again, it's cool to get more insight into Jesse's just like nasty. Yeah. Like he just beats the fire out of people. <laughs> yeah. Like a whole group. Of yeah, dudes yeah. It was like, guns. it was like 10 guys with yeah. guns and he just like beat the shit out of all of them. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, with didn't, no weps. Yeah. Didn't need any of his powers or anything. Like he no. absolutely refused to use the word. And just beat the hell out of like eight dudes. And nobody else was there. Tulip wasn't there and Cass wasn't there. He just handled them. So then we go back into the church and Jesse's in there getting shit housed (laughs) uh, because he's still tripping out about Eugene. Right. And he starts like begging God, like, just please bring him back. Like, please bring him back. And I swear I'll never use the word again. Like, I'll never use it again. And then you hear like a commotion and it's Eugene and he's like digs up out of the ground. Which was really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Jesse runs over and helps him out. And then you kind of have like, this is finally the moment where Jesse's like, I fucked everything up. Right. And like, he kind of decides like, I'm just going to give the power back. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool scene between him and Eugene. They kind of talk for a little bit. There's a really cool line where Eugene mentions that he just started digging and that's right. how he got out of hell. Yeah. And Jesse's like, you dug out of hell with your hands. And Eugene's like, he, he looks into the camera and he's like, it's not that far. And yeah. the way he delivered that yeah, line, yeah. like, that was my favorite line of the whole episode. It like made my skin crawl. Yeah. It was my favorite line of the entire episode. Yeah. I, I was blown away by yeah. that. That entire exchange. Honestly, all of Jesse and Eugene's interactions this entire episode are incredible. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, Jesse decides to give the power back. He finally admits that he fucked everything up and mm-hmm. he, sh- he doesn't deserve it. And he mentions, Eugene mentions the guys from the hotel, the angels. Right. And Jesse's like, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll get them. I'll call them. But then he has a realization that he never told Eugene about that. Mm -hmm. And that's the classic trope, right? Right, right. I never told you about the guys at the hotel. Right. Um, But he basically comes to the realization that Eugene is just a hallucination. He's drunk. It's his his conscience. Right. They don't really say, but he's basically imagining Eugene. Figment. Yeah, Eugene's not really there. Which I thought was going to be a lot more nefarious than it was. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be like, oh, Eugene has a demon. Yeah. He brought a demon back. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, oh, that's a demon guy. He's trying to get Genesis. Mm, but, But really, it was just... He's crazy. Yeah. Jesse had a whole bottle of liquor. 
Uh, so then we cut to another one of my favorite scenes and definitely my favorite bit, which is Odin trying to rally his troops by telling them about how he's going to b- build a new type of cafeteria where you can get all kinds of different food from different locales. And then one of the guys is like, you mean like a food court? <laughs> Yeah. It was just like, what the hell's a food court? Yeah, what the hell's a food court? And then they describe a food court. And he's like, yes, a food court. We're going to destroy this church and build a food court. Um, but it's awesome him just like rallying his men with this food court speech. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of comes back because they all head back up the hill mm-hmm. and Jesse just starts sniping people. Yeah. He's just king marksman. Yeah. And he like, my favorite part of this like shooting scene was when he shoots that machete. Oh yeah, out yeah. of the guy's hand, and it flies into another guy's shoulder. Yeah, like he shoots a weapon out of one guy's hand, and it stabs another guy. Yeah. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, but he's just sniping at him and getting them, uh, and they all retreat. And then one of the guys like runs in, and he's like, "Food court, food!" He's like screaming, I loved "Food court!" That. I loved that so much. And then he, everything kind of goes silent, and like this heroic ass music starts playing, and that guy whose name is Clive comes like walking out of the dust real slow. <laughs> And you kind of see that he's like got his hands kind of like bunched up yeah. and there's like some blood on him. And there's some ominous music going. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets starts to get closer and you see everyone's face kind of get distorted. And they're like, Clive, are you okay? And he's like, preacher shot my dick off. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny the way he delivered it. And then he kind of goes like, he kind of walks to the background, but he's like doing all these bits. Oh, yeah. Like, I, lo- I loved all those little bits. Yeah, the, he's the like, little sequence it doesn't, of it. doesn't even really hurt. I'm sure <laughs> it's probably going to hurt real bad later. <laughs> But then there's like one one part where he he's in the background. He says like, "Look at the little guy. Looks like he's sleeping." <laughs> also, um, at one point, a dude's driving a bulldozer up, and uh, he's just like doesn't care about sniper fire. And Jesse just hucks a Molotov cocktail at him and blows his his bulldozer up. Yeah, I loved. Yeah, it was great. That was really cool. It was it was a really cool action sequence that we hadn't really seen anything like in the show so far. And it was it was really cool. It was like action movie kind of stuff. I yeah. don't know. I like no, it. it was it was really cool. There was one part, and I don't remember exactly which part of the episode it was, but there was some music playing that sounded like it was straight out of like a sci-fi original movie. It sounded like it was out of like Tremors three. Uh, I don't remember when it was, but if you rewatch the episode, you'll hear it and you'll just be like, okay. But I think they did it as like a bit. That's weird. I didn't catch that. Yeah, that's funny. So then weirdly the whole town starts to show up and they're basically just throwing like a tailgate. Yeah. Like they're like putting out lawn chairs and like picnic <laughs> baskets just to watch this fucking charade. Yeah. Uh, which is just Texas. It's just Texas. Mm-hmm. That would happen. I'm like food um, court. Let's do it. And so then Jesse finally comes over the loudspeaker and he's like, bring me the, bring me the agents. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I forgot that the sheriff had shown up at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't know who he was talking about, but the sheriff knew. So he's like, okay. So he goes and gets um, DeBlanc and Fior and brings them in. So they show up and they're like, hey, we're going to slurp this thing out of you. And he's like, he basically cracks a deal with them. Like, if you can help me get Eugene out of hell, then I'll give you back Genesis. Um, so they go through the whole, the whole sequence. Or no, no, no. So they, they make the deal and then we go back outside and then we have another one of my favorite lines in the whole episode where uh, <laughs> Odin's getting ready to make another push and he says to his crew, just so everyone understands, this is going to be a night assault over open ground against an expert marksman in an elevated position. So, you know, drink a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was like cracking up well, when he said that. And then, yeah. And then he, and then he like falls it up. He's like, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Water like, ain't going to help you at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all, and he's like, don't think of yourself as human shields, but you are human. And you are going to be used as, as a shield of sorts. 
<laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Uh, and then we had what for me was confusing. And I mean, I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you either don't care about spoilers or you've already seen it. But then Donnie goes and just lays down gets on his knees and like right. puts his head in the trunk of a car and just puts his hand with his like big ass magnum mm-hmm. and just fires a shot. I thought he killed himself. Right. It looked like he killed himself. Yeah. I was, and I'm sure they probably did that on purpose. Sure. But I was like, why did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, okay, that was confusing. Yeah. It, it was, it was wild. And I was like, did he just give up? It was definitely made to look like he killed himself. Right. They definitely did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut back into the, the church and we have this really cool scene of DeBlanc singing wink and looking a nod, which was super eerie. Um, uh, but it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like put the, they, they put the coffee can back on Jesse and it actually works. Mm-hmm. Genesis gets slurped out of his belly and goes into the coffee can. And so then as soon as they get Genesis, they're like, all right, we got to, we got to peace out. Right. And Jesse's like, what about Eugene? He said, you'd help me get him out of hell. And they're like, who, <laughs> Right. what are you talking about? Yeah. And then they're basically like, it's too hard to yeah. get people out of hell and we're not going to do it. And so then Jesse starts yelling at them. Uh, and what does he say? He says, uh, an innocent kid is like rotting in hell because of a mistake or something like that. Yeah, and then like that, yeah. Genesis is like, Jesse's my boy. Yeah. And he blows up and destroys the coffee can and flies right back into Jesse. Real. And uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was real cool. Uh, and then the angels just give up. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to cut you open now. They're like, all right, the other thing. Uh, but for the moment, they just leave. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, there's no more trying. I think that was the last thing DeBlanc said. And then yeah. they walked out. Then was another really awesome scene where Preach is like getting super hammered. He's getting even more hammered. He's just like swigging straight liquor out of a bottle. Uh, and he, there's just bullets like flying through the church. Like he's just sitting there getting drunk and bullets are just whizzing past him. And then he kind of gets his wits about him. And so he goes to like shoot back at them. And then Donnie walks in mm-hmm. and he's got his big ass gun <laughs> and he points it at, uh, at preach and preach uses the word on him. He's like, put the gun down and Donnie doesn't do it. And he says it again with the word, put yeah. the gun down. And then Donnie turns his head and you see blood pouring out of his ear and you realize that he blew his own eardrums out. Yeah. in the trunk of the car on purpose so that preacher couldn't use the word on him. Real. And I was like, dang, Donnie. Okay. All right. And so he puts his gun up to preach his head and preaches like, what does he say? Go on, Donnie. We both deserve it. Yeah. But he doesn't shoot him. He just fucking knocks his ass out cold. He just pistol whips him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then preach wakes up and all the crew is in his church. He lost. King Cannon's there with his whole meat militia. I'm going to call him. <laughs> And uh, he gives him the papers and Jesse signs over the church and he's kind of confused. He starts laughing and he's like, I I don't get it. Like I told you to serve God and like, why, why don't why don't, why aren't you serving God? And Ken Cannon's like, I am devoutly. I serve the God of meat, things that are tangible that you can touch and that are real. And when he said that, I was like, dang. Yeah. It's wild. Cause like saying the God of meat is real silly. Right. But like believing in, things that are real and tangible is way less silly than a lot of other things that people believe in. Yeah. And I I like that he immediately pointed that out because Jesse, Jesse kind of like chides him for it. And he says, he he says like, that's just crazy, you know? And King Cannon's like, no, what's crazy is believing in a God that like doesn't show up. It doesn't talk to you. Yeah. He said, he said believing in a God that's silent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it, it rings true. Yeah. And, and so that was a really powerful, poignant scene. And I really like that. I like the, the line delivery. I like the line. The writing there was great. And it was really cool. And you could see that Jesse was like, oh, shit. Like, you're right. 
Yeah, so that was a cool moment. It was really good. Again, Jackie Earl Haley was just killing the game. Right. And then Preacher kind of has like a weird moment. You kind of see like some realization dawn on him. Mm -hmm. And he asks for like one more Sunday. And he basically says, I'm going to bring God to the church and we're going to ask him anything we want to ask him. And if we don't like his answers, I'll denounce God right here at the pulpit in front of everybody. Yeah, right. So. Which is a bold fucking plan. It's a bold ass plan. (laughs) Uh and then we cut to just out of left field, the darkest scene in the whole fucking episode. Yeah. So we cut to Tulip for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's the first time we've really cut away from Jesse and King Cannon the whole episode. We haven't seen Cass. We haven't seen Tulip. There was a scene with Miles and Emily at one point earlier, but it, I didn't care about it. So I'm yeah. right, I didn't talk about it. <laughs> I don't really give a fuck about Miles. Yeah. But anyhow, so we cut to Tulip and she's at a shelter mm-hmm. adopting a pup. And uh, it's this big, cute bloodhound. His yeah. name's Brewski. He's super adorable. <laughs> Brewski's a good name for a dog. Yep. His name's Brewski. Uh, and then we go to her house and she's petting him and playing with him and rubbing him. And she's, you know, who's the best Brewski in the world? And it's super cute. Uh, and then she takes him and she feeds him to Cassidy. Yeah. Who, whom we hadn't seen. Yeah. So we don't really know what happened with the fire extinguisher. I'm guessing the fact that she fed him a dog means that, Cat, that Creech didn't extinguish him. And he's real fucking hurt. Or extinguished him and then just like left him sitting like right outside. Which he would just still be getting baked goods. Um, but anyway, so yeah, she, she takes the dog and starts walking back towards the back room and you, at least me, I figured it out immediately. Yeah. And then she just puts, she puts him through the door and shuts the door and then you just hear like a cacophony coming out of the room and it was dark. Yeah. There's some slurps. Yeah. I was like, why can't you just go? Obviously like the, the blood bank in the hospital isn't exactly well guarded. Maybe you can go grab like a bag or two. Well, see, and that was kind of the thing that made me feel like maybe preach didn't put him out in that he's like. Real fucked yeah, up. Yeah, real incapacitated to the fact that she had to go adopt a dog to give to him. Like, yeah, she yeah, couldn't, yeah. he couldn't go do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, he We're might. Not, well, I was saying her, like, just go, go for her to go grab some blood bags and just, like, huck them at him. Well, I think it's because it's Preacher and they wanted it to be shocking. <laughs> yeah. It worked. Yeah. It was dark. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, and then the final scene, which actually was slightly less meaningful after that, yeah. like, after seeing the Bruski scene, we cut back to the church and. Uh, Sheriff Root arrests Jesse mm-hmm. and puts him in the back of the car and they start to drive away and the whole the whole town is like lost their fucking minds. <laughs> They're like, save us, Jesse! Like, ah, we're sinners! They're like <laughs> pounding on the cop yeah. car. Yeah, that was the weirdest part of the episode for me. was like, y'all were just here like trying to see like what crazy shit was going to happen and y'all weren't backing him up at all. Y'all were like letting people just shoot guns into his into his church at him. And then as soon as he's outside, y'all are like, oh, like, save us. I was like, whoa. Art imitates life, Garrett. <laughs> I won't say any more than that. But anyway, yeah, it was a great fucking episode. Only two left for the season. Yeah, I'm really curious where it's going to go from here. Yeah. Oh, there was one last thing. The pressure thing. Oh, yeah. They keep going back to that. The just miscellaneous jobsman. Yeah, yeah. So definitely that can't be good that, like, you're, you're like pressure gauge is setting off klaxons and like, and this isn't the first time they've shown it in, yeah, the, yeah. Se- in the season. Yeah. And like all that is keeping whatever that is, which obviously is like some kind of boiler or something from blowing up is like some dude that's like 14 minutes from a heart attack sitting in a chair across the room from it. Yeah. And it's like, that, that's not much of a safety net here. I feel like, I feel like that is going to be like the main thing. Yeah. I feel like something's going to blow up. And I feel like they definitely are going out of their way to make that dude look like he's on death's doorstep. <laughs> yeah, he was, <laughs> he was, he was getting up with mayonnaise in his veins for sure. 
<laughs> yeah, that dude's we, not making it a day past 95. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dude, uh, yeah, he's, he's dead for show. But, um, uh, yeah, because they, they've, they've done multiple things throughout the, the show so far of, of showing, like, that girl fell in the sinkhole. And there was, like, they were talking about, like, gas and right. stuff. And then the, it, it showed that one thing multiple times of the the pressure release pipe thing. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like with them show, showing that at the very, very end of the episode and, it, like, going into the red and some dude having to go, like, manually like, flip some buttons like it wasn't a big deal. I feel like that Ken Cannon has set something up to be precarious. I have a pretty strong suspicion of how that's going to tie into the books. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to go into it, right. but I have a, I have a pretty with that town with, with the thing, with the thing yeah, and the, the thing, other thing and yeah, the yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I hadn't thought about that. I, I, I'm trying to do a thing where I'm trying, it's really hard, but I'm trying not to like make projections based on anything. Right. I feel like I'm going to like spoil it for myself right. if I think it about it too much. Cause that's a problem I had with game of Thrones. I had a, I had a really bad, and I still do. Like I have a really bad problem of, of like, thinking about the books a lot and then extrapolating from that what I think is going to happen in the show. Right. And luckily I read Preacher so long ago that it's a lot easier for me not to do that with. And so I, I I'm specifically trying not to, but it's a little impossible sometimes. And I like yeah. it either way. I think this might've been my favorite episode thus far, just because so like too. the, the writing in this one was phenomenal. Yeah, man, I honestly just, like I said, that, that interaction between Eugene and Jesse was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. We got to see a completely different side of Eugene because it, it's not real Eugene. But that actor was just killing it. And it yeah. was like a much more confident Eugene. And right. I, I loved it. And I was like, dude, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. So, uh, yeah, fantastic episode. Fantastic episode. So I'm going to jump over and talk about Stranger Things which just dropped on Netflix a couple days ago. Watch it. Watch Stranger Things, please. Yeah, it's it's really, really, really cool. So Danny's already finished it, but I only started it last night, and I'm only two episodes Yeah, in. I'm going to mind my P's and Q's here. I'm basically just going to let Garrett lead, and I'll chime <laughs> in with things that he says so that I don't accidentally spoil anything for him. Because honestly, I watched it in almost one sitting. So it's really bled together for me. So mm-hmm. I don't want to like try and reference anything right. and jam anybody up. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk about it in depth very much because I can't really at this point anyway. So I'm just going to talk about what I really like about it. And if you haven't seen it yet and why you should. So first and foremost, it's, it's fucking rad. It's on Netflix. So all of it dropped at once. You can just go do like Danny did and just binge it at once. If you want to get it, just get it out of your system. I I, I want to, like, I I feel like I'm going to watch two or three tonight. Just burn it down. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's a fantastic show, fantastic writing, but it's based in 1980s, Indiana. So it's just some tiny, tiny podunk town in Indiana, like rural Indiana. And uh, tidbit pop up video. The show was originally called Montauk. Yeah. Guess where it took place then? <laughs> Montauk, New York. Yes. Uh, where I just was. Anyway, so it's kind of like an homage to a lot of old movies like Spielberg stuff and like old horror movies. Stephen King, 80s. Yeah. And uh, it's it's phenomenal writing. It's got great characters, but the thing that jumps out to me, it's got phenomenal music as well. The thing that jumps out to me the most, I would say, is it has a bunch of like adolescent characters and they actually seem like actual adolescents. Yes. 
And that's almost never done. Almost almost nothing gets that right. Yeah. Like kids almost always either seem like cartoonish caricatures of children or the, or they just act like adults. And there, there's almost no real middle ground there where, where it's like, oh, man, that's exactly how like 14, 15 year old kids act. And this show absolutely fucking nails it. Or I was like, this is just how kids are. This is awesome. But it's got eight episodes. Like I said, I'm only two two episodes deep, so I can't get super into it. And I don't really want to spoil much because I feel like it's a show, one of those shows that is a lot better if you don't really know what's going to happen and if you don't really know what's going on. But it's not super, super mega scary. Again, it's it's more like 80s suspense horror thriller kind of stuff where it's not so far as I've seen it's not like gory or anything and I really like that I, re, I really like horror when it's more off camera I, I always have really much more appreciated that right so I cannot wait to see where this show goes I really hope they keep it going even if they do different different like ensembles and stuff that is exactly what uh, Mickey and I talked about today really that I would I don't necessarily know if I would prefer it, but mm-hmm. I would be totally okay with it being anthology style, like yeah. American Horror Story or True Detective yeah. or Fargo. That's what I, the that's next what I was next thinking. season is still Stranger Things, but it's just some other like urban legendy, yeah, different kind of horror story. Yeah, I would um, love that. Yeah, man. One of the things, and it goes back to you talking about the adolescent characters. They're not the best actors in the world, right? But for and it's like, hard for kids to be. But for their age, they're all really good. Mm-hmm. And mainly the kid who plays Mike and the mm-hmm. girl who plays L mm-hmm. are. She's fucking incredible. She's killing the game. She's MVP. Yeah, she's absolutely fucking incredible. Whew. Like I hope that I hope that like her career blows up. Yeah, this. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they definitely are are the standouts. And Winona Ryder is is also like killing every single scene she's yeah. in. Also, her eldest son in it is like killing every scene that he's in. Yeah, man, the sheriff. He's incredible. Ooh, yeah. Is he in? So he looks really familiar to me. Is yeah, he, he's in some stuff. Yeah, he when when it showed him, I was like. I don't know who he is, but but it probably is for Hoopla Gods. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, man, it's 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 an awesome show. But yeah, I think it would be really cool for them to just jump around and do different different cities every season. It's getting really good reviews, so I feel like it definitely is going to get another season minimum. Yeah, I hope it does. And like, obviously, without talking about it, like I don't know, I don't know if I really want a second season. Like when it when it ended, I was like. Oh man, I need another season. I need another season. But mm-hmm. that was just because I wanted another season. Sure. I don't feel like the story necessarily needs another season. Like a continuation. So I think that maybe at this point, now that I've had a couple of days to digest it, mm-hmm. I think I might prefer anthology. Yeah. Just yeah, because I, mean, I want to see, like I want to see what else these guys can come up with. It's right. two, bro- it's two brothers who made the show. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Also, a really interesting fact that blew my fucking mind. So I looked up the two guys who scored the show. Mm-hmm. And while they may have done other things, this is their first and only credit on, on IMDb. Whoa. Yeah, the music. The and, guys who scored and, it. And their music is awesome. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's really, really, really good. I, I was going to say that I'd say my top like three favorite things in the show so far, one of them is music. Yeah. The music is fantastic. Within like the first like 30 minutes of the first episode, I posted a Facebook status that was like, y'all, the music in Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, I had a feeling since the first trailer. Wow, Just the yeah. music that plays in the first trailer mm-hmm. when the Stranger Things title card is coming up. Right. I was like, dang, if the whole soundtrack is like this, this is going to be off the chain. That's awesome. Yeah, it is really good. It's really, really good. But yeah, so I finished it. Uh, it was incredible from start to finish. 
Um, I highly, highly recommend you go and check it out. Uh, anyone who's listening, Netflix, I would say nine times out of ten, it really knocks it shows, out of the park. Yeah. It's no Bojack Horseman. Fuck <laughs> off. Oh, Anyhow, great show. Check it out. Yeah. So let's come motherfucking swinging into science. Uh, let's get right. You're so excited this time. Let's get right down to it. So I wanted to talk about spider silk body armor. So we've known for a long, long time that spider silk is incredibly strong mm-hmm. while still being like really flexible. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a while now since scientists genetically altered silkworms mm-hmm. to produce spider silk. Right. Um, and I'd kind of wondered for a long time, like, what that was going to lead to. Like, why do we need this massive spider silk? What is this being used for? So one of the things, there's a a biotech company called Craig Biocraft Laboratories, and they they farm artificial spider silk from silkworms. Uh, And they've been commissioned by the U.S. Army to basically make... Prototype uh, body armor. Yeah, yeah. Basically a, a Kevlar replacement out of spider silk. Yeah. So I did a bit of reading up on it, and apparently there is a measurement called a gigapascal, which is how you actually measure how many like jewels an armored surface can take right. in like a small space. Yeah. So apparently Kevlar far outperforms this silk armor in that regard, mm-hmm. but the silk armor is so much more flexible. That and, it might like make up for it. Yeah, because the, the Kevlar isn't flexible, so it'll shatter. Mm-hmm. Whereas the spider silk can't handle as much pressure in a small spot, but it can mm-hmm. disperse much better right. without breaking. Right. Which is super duper cool. It's something like, a, so Kevlar has an elasticity of like 3%, whereas the spider silk armor has an elasticity of 30 to 40%. So crazy. While really only being like one measurement below on the uh, gigapascal scale. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, I read, uh, when I was reading up on it, one thing that I saw was, there was a professor from Utah State named Randy Lewis who, and this was just a part of the article that's like, spider silk is strong. We can, <laughs> we can prove it. But this guy actually did the calculations on the Spider-Man 2 train scene. Right. He actually like measured or approximated like the girth of the strands and like how many there were, the people on the train, the speed of the train, etc. So crazy. And actually determined that Spider-Man would have been able to stop the train using that using like normal spider silk. <laughs> what what a crazy thing to sit around. I'm not even knocking it because it's cool, but what a crazy thing to just sit down one day and go, "You know what? I'm going to calculate this out." Yeah. And I, not only that, I know how to do that. Right. That's cool. Like, that's a cool skill set to have. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's yeah. rad. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool just to prove, like, spider silk is strong enough that Spider-Man actually could have stopped that train in Spider-Man 2, right. which is wild. Yeah. I mean, obviously, cool. you'd have to have a Spider-Man who can strong. His feet didn't come off. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but just the actual strength of the spider silk yeah. is enough to stop a train, which is wild. Yeah, it's real cool. And, I mean, obviously, I'm sure enough to produce that much would be like a Herculean task. Right. But I just think it's funny that some guy was like, I'm a math this. <laughs> I'm, was spider, like, what I'm was a it? spider scientist. Divide, divide three times, <laughs> then do the plus <laughs> equals. It was a callback joke. Everybody, you're welcome. So also in the realm of science and, and possibility. I'm a big possibilities guy. <laughs> so Google is doing a, uh, a headset and we know almost nothing about it, but I was reading about it today. It sounds really cool. But the coolest part about it is they're blending. This is what we talked about a, a few weeks ago. They're blending VR with AR. Right. And the best of both worlds. Yeah. And so the, the craziest thing that they said in the article to me was they said that you won't need a phone and you won't need a computer. Right. So I'm not really sure 
how that's going to work, but it's all self-contained. Yeah. But that sounds awesome to me. And I I wonder like how that, how, how it's going to be executed, but it sounds really fucking cool. But yeah, they said it is going to have a screen, but that it's going to be, it's going to lean more closely to AR. So I'm thinking something transparent. Right, like see that Magic Leap or HoloLens. Yeah, so you'll be able to see through it, but then it can also project lifelike pictures on it, which sounds really cool to me. Right. So, which that's sort of the combination of AR and VR. So yeah. you could you could do like a full screen image, mm-hmm. which is like VR. Yeah. But then you can also project things into your room or right, you, wherever you right. are, which is the AR. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if they're like scrapping. Uh, oh God, what was it called? Google. The lens, the the glass, Google Glass. If they're like, if they if they could grab that and kind um, of maybe I felt like I thought I remembered reading something f- relatively recently about like Google Glass two or whatever. Oh really? I thought so. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But I no, I mean, I was just tossing that out. I didn't, I didn't read that. I was just wondering because I remember when Google Glass was going to be like the next big thing, and, and now then it fucking flopped. Yeah, it got Google waved on out. <laughs> hey, too soon. <laughs> But yeah, I'm really pumped to see what what happens with this. This is really really cool to me. Like mixing, especially now that we've seen Pokemon Go and we've seen how well AR can do. Right. I, I'm I'm really excited to see what they can bring to the table in this regard, mixing VR with AR in any kind of setting that, like like they said, that didn't re- doesn't require your phone, doesn't require a computer, can do its own thing. How is that going to play out? That sounds awesome to me. Right. This is really cool. So let's fucking glorp Sean over to video games. <laughs> Your segues today. <laughs> oh, are we leaving that in? Yeah. Okay, tight. So we're glorption. Uh, glorption is when you start laughing hysterically at your own jokes. Done. <laughs> so on to video games. Uh, I wanted to talk about this game called Dual Universe, which is... I'm going to say a game that's coming out, but it's probably like No Man's Sky away from now. <laughs> it's probably like 2019. Um, but it's billed as a sandbox first-person MMORPG set within a seamless sci-fi universe made of millions of planets. I was watching videos and reading about this today. Mm-hmm. I've actually had their page liked on Facebook, it turns out, for like months really? and just didn't realize it was the same game Weird. because they never had anything right ever. Mm-hmm. They just came out with gameplay like today. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that gameplay video was today. Okay. Um, so anyway, it I'm obviously interested in it because it's No Man's Sky-ish. Mm-hmm. It's actually like the article, it says like No Man's Sky style game. <laughs> so what it looks like is a pretty heavy mashup of like No Man's Sky and like EVE Online. Mm-hmm. But then it does have very, very heavy sandbox elements like Minecraft-ish. Yeah. Uh, but not, not blocks. It's very freeform. Um, so it is like a space exploration game. It's first person. You do, you know, you cruise around on planets and you explore and you find species and you mine for minerals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you can freely shape terrain. Mm-hmm. You can build buildings and structures. You can build ships. You can build space stations. In the video, they show a space station that's like, I think he says like eight, eight, kilometers. Yeah, eight kilometers wide. Yeah. Uh, and it's all can be built with just this voxel system that, that he's designed. So crazy. Um, it's it very really cool. cool. So you start with, you can just build like a voxel shape, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to build this long rectangle or this sphere. Uh, and there's all these, uh, it's not modules elements, mm-hmm. uh, that you can snap on, which are things like wings and cockpits and radars and guns. And they yeah. all have their own scripted behaviors. Mm-hmm. 
Well, then you can like chain them all together and like build a ship that right. has these certain behaviors by chaining the elements together. Which seems really cool. Yeah. And you can do that with buildings or space stations or what have you. Mm-hmm. And you can build these massive, massive structures. Like this is literally just taking this tool, this brush tool essentially, and building that giant space station. Yeah, that which we saw. is insane. Um, but it is, you know, it's millions of planets. It's supposed to have millions of planets. It is all procedural, procedural, like no man's sky. Right. The two main ways that it is, Different than No Man's Sky is pretty much the two things that people complained about No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. which is one, being able to build structures. Right, right. And two, it's MMO. It right. is it is massively be, multiplayer. Yeah, you're going to get to crew up with your friends. Now, the thing that's really wild about it to me is is supposed to be a single shard universe. Right, crazy. Which means it's only one server. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to be able to pull that off. I mean, I guess they, if your game doesn't come out until like 2079, like you can do. <laughs> is that that cyberpunk game? <laughs> That game is definitely never coming out. Yeah, it's never coming out in 22. What does that even mean? Um, <laughs> it's a Taylor Swift reference. <laughs> no, it's a Blink-182 reference. 23. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, another really cool thing about it that I liked is he just very briefly mentions that in your ship, your heads-up display, your cockpit, is actually modular. Right. So you'll have a series of widgets based off of whatever elements you've put on your ship. And then you can choose, pick and choose which ones you want to see and where they go. So yeah. your, your actual heads up display in your ship is custom. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was cool to me. And I, I wonder if they'll actually operate in real time. It right? seemed like, like it. yeah, yeah. Like definitely the, I think the map will like, yeah, it was really cool. Cause he had like a Gundam wing esque like 3d, uh, hologram map thing. Yeah. It was really dope. But he also had some, like some other things in his cockpit that were like, like uh, just like some graphs and charts. There's yeah, a pie yeah. chart. Yeah. And I was like, what, what are these? Like, is he tracking the Dow? I don't yeah. know what that one does, yeah. but, uh, there was a pie chart of his favorite bars and a bar graph of his favorite pies. <laughs> yes. And so I was wondering if you slap those elements in there, do they actually read the stuff that's going on around you? I would think so. Ship? That'd be really cool. I, I mean, I mean, I would hope so. And they're not just aesthetic, but that would be super cool. Like that one that had the bar, the bar graph thing, if that's like your shields and like your hull and everything, and right. if you got into combat, you would actually see those bars going down. Or if that's like the energy distribution, kind of like in that Star Trek game, right? That would be fucking cool. Based on how like the guy's obviously a fucking genius, right? I would assume that it would actually be functional. Yeah, yeah. He is like a robotics expert. Yeah, yeah. So. He 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 worked for a robotics company making AI, and that led to this. Yeah, like he was basically coding the AI that would make this game and then just decided to start a video game company about it. Yeah. That's which uh, the cool. name of their company is Nova Cork, which is already just like nerdstatus.com. Yeah, yeah. Real. Um, next, he's going to be telling us about how strong spider webs are. Next, he's going to be telling us about how he delayed his game and people threatened to kill him on Twitter. Um, uh, the game's like real, real, real early development. The footage, you can go look it up. It's 10 minutes of gameplay. It's pre-alpha, but he even goes so far as to say a pre-alpha tech demo. He's very specific about that. It has a very more, I'm going to say, quote, realistic art style right. than No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, the planet that he's on looks like very Piney Woods-ish. Yeah. But like, I'm interested. It is PC only. So, you know, I have, I only have 10 years to build a PC before it comes out. So I'm a little jammed up. Um <laughs> But it was just very cool to like see him like freeform building ships because like every game where you build ships, it's right. all modular. Right, right. But he was able to just like paint shapes onto it using yeah. the voxel system, and yeah. then I liked it. And then snap on like a slim jim. I loved it. Yeah, it actually reminded me of Spore. Yeah, like right, when you, right. When you get to make the vehicles in Spore, it's like that. You just get to like 
I'm just going to slap this triangle on here and then stretch it. And then like, I'll just angle this thing. It, it reminded me of that. And right. it was like, oh, that's cool. You just get to make whatever the fuck you want, but you can actually go use it. Yeah. It is uh, supposed to be seamless, meaning you can just get in your ship, take off, flap into space, no loading. Yeah. No cutscenes, uh, and it is supposed to be millions of planets, so it's yeah. not eighteen quadrillion. So you know, scrubs, plebs, <laughs> trash, uh, lowborn. But um, yeah, so they did they did describe it as being millions of planets. So yeah. I'm really excited to see where it goes. I, hopefully, they'll release some more foot, footage. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it get a little bit more cleaned up because it already yeah. looked really cool. Yeah, but getting getting it a little bit more cleaned up <clears throat> and some more functionality because it's so far. We got to see him flying a ship, which is rad, uh, you know, in a space game that, that should, you know, probably be one of the first things you show. So that's right. awesome. But other than that, we, we saw some like Minecraft stuff, but we didn't get to see a lot of the other stuff. And there was some stuff on like his HUD that that you didn't get to see what it did. And I was really interested in that aspect of the game. Right. Like, what, what are the other aspects that aren't building and space uh, related? What are those things? Like? I did read another article where you're supposed to be able to craft like like political situations and like economies. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Like there was a, there was a lot of stuff on that HUD that, that it didn't go into at all. And I was yeah. like, what are these? Do you have skills? What are, what are these skills? Yeah. Let me see you do it. You jumping? You have to jump? <laughs> Can you double jump? Can you eat an apple? <laughs> I forgot about the apple bit. Yeah. Games are, games are only good if you can jump and eat an apple. Yes. So, in a game that you definitely can jump but can't eat an apple, we're going to talk about Overwatch again because we finally got some news, some, some well, it's more than concrete. Have we talked about Overwatch before? Oh, a couple times. <laughs> so, so, actually, I wanted to talk about this last week, but I wanted to wait until there was uh, an actual announcement. So, it was rumored that there would be a new Overwatch character dropping, and, it, and it's been... A while there was like there were some there were some still frames leaked. They were like throwing hints at us like on purpose. Oh, they yeah. were like shoving hints and clues down our necks. <laughs> yeah. So what was it last week? I think maybe maybe week and a half ago. Anyway, Blizzard leaked. Not even leaked. They released this uh, this still frame, just a single picture, like a blueprint. Yeah, and it was really cool, and it was in canon of some Overwatch characters discussing basically weaponizing Mercy's biotic technology into like a sniper rifle. Right. And there were a lot of people speculating that this would be Farrah's mom, who was regarded as one of the original uh, Overwatch members, and she was also a sniper. So we knew that from, from canon. But there was also a lot of speculation that she's Sombra, who is which means shadow in Spanish, and it's a character that Reaper actually mentions in a, in a line of dialogue in the game. And so there was a lot of speculation that it, it, that, that was her. Well, turns out it, it, that it is Pharaoh's mom. She is a sniper using this biotic technology, but she is not, as far as I know, Sombra. And they haven't said anything about her being Sombra. Right. There is, however, there is one of her, one or two of her skins that does look a hell of a lot like the still frame that you do see of Sombra. So I don't know where that's going to go, but who knows? We don't well, know. Well, we don't know that that still frame was Sombra. We just, oh, really? We just thought it was. Oh, okay. Okay. The only time, as far as I know, that the name Sombra ever came up mm -hmm. was in that line that Reaper says. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so she's she seems like a really, really, really cool character. Um, she's basically like reverse uh, Widowmaker. Yeah, yeah. She's heavy support heavy support and she uh 
she's regarded as a difficulty three, which is as high as it goes. They rank all of their characters in one, two, or three stars of difficulty, with three being the highest. And she's she's three star difficulty. And with her skill set, it seems like that's that's warranted. Right. Uh, so what she has, uh, she has a biotic sniper rifle, which can be fired from the hip. It's still fairly accurate in that mode, which is really cool that they did that. Because some games, when you have a sniper rifle and you fire it from the hip, it just it goes right. the other way. But uh, Widowmaker, you can't. She just has like a assault rifle. Yeah, yeah, assault rifle, which is actually cool. I actually really like that they did that. Yeah. Even though it hits for like jeans, I I actually really like that she gets to just swap like swap directly into maybe that. Maybe it's an SMG though. What her her secondary fire is it? It's pretty small and quiet and fast. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Irrelevant anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so she has a biotic rifle, and how it works is if you shoot an enemy, it just hurts them, and it does damage over time. If right. you shoot a friendly, it heals them. Over time. Yep. Which is fucking rad. I mean, and that's why her difficulty is three, because... You, you have know, to snipe friendlies. Yeah, which you, you're still just sniping. So, I mean, yeah, if you have a headset, you can be like, bro, Genji, quit jumping for a second. But if you don't have a headset, you're just going to have to fucking put your shoulder to the wheel. You're going to just have to be Jesse Custer about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then her secondary is a sleep dart, which is really cool because it fires a lot like Farrah's secondary her right. little concussive blast and uh it looks a lot like it actually she fires it like the same way but it just knocks the target out um, and they're, they're knocked out for a few seconds and it's interrupted if they get hurt but yeah you can just totally like interrupt someone's ult just yep. like in the video that they, they they debuted of her uh it shows fucking mccree going to to do his like it's high noon and she just sleep darts him and I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. he's just taking a snore. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then her third one, which is really, really, really cool. It's my favorite of her kit is she has a biotic grenade. And what it does is you you huck it and it's kind of like a soldiers, Soldier 76's biotic field. But if friendlies get in it, it heals them and it speeds up the rate that they get healed by anyone else. So if there's another healer, uh, such as like Lucio or Mercy... They get much better Stack, stacked up heals. Yeah, which is awesome, and a lot, and it leads credence to what a lot of people were saying. In that, uh, I was reading online that a lot of people were saying that she would probably be best coupled with another healer, such as Mercy or Lucio. Yeah, probably for sure. Lucio. Lucio. Yeah, just because his his rate of healing is so low, but he his rate of damage is so high for the healers that you can offset her her uh, sniping ability. But the beauty of her. Theoretically, I haven't gotten a player yet because she hasn't dropped on PS4 yet. Is that you get to annul kind of the biggest difficulty usually of being a healer in that you have to wade right in to the front lines. Usually like with Mercy and Lucio, you have to you have to just wade in and you're absolutely priority target number one every time. So with her, you can actually sit in, in the back as long as you're good at sniping. People. Right. Uh, but yeah, so people were talking online, like coupling her with another healer, which I think is a great idea. And then, oh, and then the other cool thing about her biotic grenade is that it does the opposite to enemies. So if an enemy gets in it, it hurts them. And additionally, for the, like, I guess the same amount of time that, that friendlies get a, a, a heal boost, uh, they can't be healed at all. Right. Which is fucking awesome because that actually counters a lot of stuff. Right. Uh, Lucio, 
Lucio can be super fucking annoying. We're going to be screaming. Oh, when you get hit by that and you can't get healed. Yeah. It's going to be just holler town. Yeah. yeah. But like Lucio is like one of those, those heroes that he's so good at, at like moving out of the way right. that you can get him down to like one health and he can just scoot out of the way and just constantly be healing. And then you can just like blop him with this fucking biotic grenade and he just doesn't get to heal for a few seconds. Fucking give it to me. Yeah. But also like Roadhog and a, and a couple of the other, other heroes, Bastion, that's awesome. That's such so, a soldier cool thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so honestly, just blop one down in his biotic field, and then nobody gets healed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell him shut up. And then what's really, really interesting is that they gave her an ult that doesn't do anything direct to you. Right. Which it's is really just, cool. It's just like a super buff. Yeah, yeah. You get you get to just. I I guess it's like a, a dart. Right. It's like it's like Mercy's damage bu- like buff, but it's her ult. Yeah. She hits you with like the ultimate, like you just go berserk. Basically. Yeah. So you, you do more damage, you take less damage and you move faster and that's all her ult does. It doesn't, it doesn't like kill anybody directly. It doesn't do any damage. Yep. It ju- you just aim it at you zap a friendly. friendly and then they go berserk mode yeah. and just waylay people, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's real I, cool. So she is absolutely by far the most support characters. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like not even a question. So, and that, I think that's why she has the, the three star difficulty. So she, you know, not only the sniping difficulty, but all, I don't think she's going to do a lot of damage. I haven't, I haven't confirmed that, but I, I don't think her weapon does a lot of damage and it's damage over time. So you're not just going to be getting to like headshot people, but uh, that's awesome. I, I, I can't wait for her to drop on PS4. I feel like that's going to rejuvenate me a lot in wanting to play. And, and it really sucks because I'm always hit or miss. <laughs> no pun intended about playing sniper characters. Uh, some games I really love sniping and some games I really don't like it. And I've tried and tried and tried and tried with Widowmaker and I want to like her so badly, but just something about Widowmaker doesn't really click for me. Right. Same. Uh, but I, I really, I really think I, I really like playing support and, uh, mercy is one of my favorite characters. I really like Lucio. I think, th- I think that she's going to be, so do we, favorites. do we know yet how she's going to get around? Like, what is her mobility? As far as I have been told, she doesn't have anything. Somebody was saying the first day that it was announced, somebody was saying that she can climb like Hanzo and Genji. But other people were saying that she doesn't have anything, which seems really fucking weird to me. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Widowmaker has her grappling hook. Hanzo has the ability to just run up walls. But for a sniper character to be grounded is... A little weird. Yeah, and, it'll be really hard to get line of sight yeah. on friendlies, and then that kind of does just make you have to get in close. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would we, really... we, had, we had talked about it would make sense for her to just have like a double jump. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a parallel of Farah's rockets. Yeah, yeah. And and I even saw like someone was saying online it would be cool if she had like Hanzo Genji wall crawl, but it did like a boost, like it did like a jump jump jets. Right, right, right. Like right, right. so, it's the same thing effectively, and it's still her like you know, with her hands, like climbing the wall. But if, if you watch her, it's like, you would see like jump boots or something. And it's like, and she flies up the wall. Right. And I was like, that sounds fucking badass. But I don't know. Uh, from what, from what I read, I didn't see a passive for her, which in that regard, I think she's the only one that doesn't have one. Interesting. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so yeah. while we're on the topic, do you ever think that Symmetra should be in the defense section and not a, the support section? Yeah, a lot of people say that. Yeah. How is she not a defense character? Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that say that. She just sits there and gives you shields and sets up turrets. Yep. Uh, yeah, like, 
I, I read like a, a thing about it online where someone was saying like there there's like a there's a little like blizzard cannon definition of what like you know attack and support and everything do and, and like, they, they hella don't match her yeah and it she perfectly fits defense like she she's she's absolutely not a, a, not a support the character. reason i said it is maybe they can move her now that they got another support character yeah just get her on over everybody wants yeah. it it makes no sense she's yeah. not a support character and people get tricked Oh yeah, yeah. When well, that's when they're starting the game off. They're like, "Who's this healer?" Yeah, yeah. I, I hate that. And and my biggest complaint with that is that it tells you like you don't have a builder, even when you don't need one sometimes, and like you don't have a sniper when you don't need one sometimes. But if you if someone selects Symmetra, it doesn't say you need a healer, right? And absolutely, she does not replace a healer. Nope. And it makes me so upset when, like, someone will pick, like, Mercy or Lucio. Someone else will pick Symmetra. And then that Mercy or Lucio will switch. switch. Yeah. And it's like, bro, she does give shields, but they're, like, minuscule. They're trash. Yeah. And she absolutely does better as a defense character. What are, like, defense characters supposed to do? They're supposed to, like... They're supposed to do like map control. They're supposed to defend. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's dooky. Yeah. Well, and especially like if she had the same kit, but maybe didn't have the turrets, I could, I could like maybe say like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. But like the fact that she got turrets, I'm like, she is absolutely a defense character. Why can't you just like tab when you're placing a turret and make it a healing turret instead of a damage turret? I honestly, I, I thought it would have been cool just, and I thought that how she worked when I first loaded her. I didn't look at her abilities for a second. Mm-hmm. And I thought that her fucking gun worked like the meta gun from, from team fort. I thought that it did heal like, and the like beam mercy staff. Yeah. And nope, you got pranked. Yeah. And it, and it would make sense for it to do something like that. Even if it didn't, even if it didn't heal as, as fast as mercy. And even then it still wouldn't replace mercy because mercy's fucking ult is incredible. Right. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense for her to not. She's, like, a, she's a defense character. Yeah. She's objectively a defense. She's character. a defense character that can buff shields. Anyhow, sorry yeah. for just derailing the shit <laughs> no, out of no, you. No, no, no. It's 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 a conversation that needs to happen because somebody or somebody's fucked up at Blizzard. I feel like they were like, "Oh, we can't only have three support characters." Real. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they already they already had one less support character than all of the other yeah. other brackets. So yeah, that pro- honestly that probably was it. And that's probably why they pushed so hard to get to get Anna and the mm, fucking Cleage. But yeah, I can't wait for this character to drop on PS4. Uh it's estimated that it's going to be sometime in the next like week, week and a half. Can't fucking wait. Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a wild. There's going to be healers for a hot minute. Yeah, it's going to be like five five healers and a Torbjorn on a, oh, a fucking Oh Jesus party. Lord, save us. And, it, and it's going to suck because all of these people are going to get it like the same day and everyone's going to be trash with her and it's just no one's going to be able to like fucking hit anything. Is it trash wizard? <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's it's going to be hard. I mean, I know that I'm going to have to I'm going to have to like buckle down and get better at shooting at shooting people. Yep. It sucks that you can't just point and click on people's heads on PS4. Yeah. That's the way. It's definitely a hindrance. <laughs> this is Johnny Hendrons. <laughs> so let's warp on over to movies for a second. Uh, I wanted to talk about Star Trek. Okay, I'm, that's a bit. I know it's Star Trek. I, sometimes I forget that I can't say the insane shit that I say in real life on here because people <laughs> won't know that I'm kidding. It's true. 
Uh, so yeah, weird. anyway, back to Star Trek. I read something today. You know, the new movie has like is like hot and fresh and zesty right now. <laughs> uh, Star Trek Beyond is uh, is fresh right now, uh, and apparently it got some super baller reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they went ahead and they felt comfortable announcing that they are confirmed going to make a fourth one. Rad. Now, a lot of people thought that this would be just the cap on a trilogy. I right. thought so. Yeah, me too. I don't too. know if I read that somewhere or if my mind just... Yeah. My, like, pop culture inundated, like, Hollywood mind was just, like, three movies, it's right. over. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know why my brain is a, a, is a like, robot? an 80s robot. <laughs> I am a ro- Anyway, uh, so they are making a fourth Star Trek. Now, the cool thing about it... So, basically, J.J. Abrams did a press conference... And he was like, we got some big news coming out about Star Trek. I can't really say, but like this, this should be getting announced within like minutes is what he said. And then they went ahead and released that it is that they are making a Star Trek four. Mm-hmm. Now, the cool, interesting thing about it to me is that Chris Hemsworth is signed up to star in it. Now, for those who've seen the first Star Trek reboot movie by J.J. Abrams, Chris Hemsworth played George Kirk in the first like five minutes of the movie. Uh, he played Captain Kirk's dad and he dies like immediately. Yeah. Uh, he saves the day and he crashes the ship into the, uh, are they fucking Romulans? I thought they were Klingons. Maybe they were Romulans. No, they definitely were not Klingons. I thought that they were like the warped Klingons. Well, well, Romulans are, are warped Vulcans. Oh, that's right. They're like cousins. That's right. That's right. They're like historically from the same lineage. Right. Anyway, it's been a long time. I want to say they're Romulans, but it might have just been like Chlorpulans. I don't know. Remulans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? <laughs> anyway, so he, he crashes his ship into their ship and fucks them up and et cetera, et cetera. So he is supposed to star in, in Star Trek four. Now, my mind would lead me to believe that it's going to be time travel related. Sure. Because the first movie heavily dealt with that. However, they also dealt with like genetically engineered people mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. second one, so it could be like a clone situation, um, or it could be some whole other type of deal. Yeah, it could be a hologram. It could be fucking Lorsha Schlam. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it's really cool, and I'm excited about it. Uh, I honestly just like the idea of Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, you know, Chris and off, Chris and off, Chris and each other off. They're definitely going to be Chris and Spock <laughs> off for show. Uh, <laughs> I wonder uh, if they're going to be christening a new ship. Yeah. That'd be cool. But yeah, Uh, I think it'll be neat. And I'm really interested to see, interested to see how the father son dynamic kind of works. Right. Um, Obviously I don't think they would cast Hemsworth and then have him do like old makeup. So it'll be some kind of a ploy. Mm -hmm. It'll be some kind of a time travel or a time hop or a skip and a jump. Star Trek does love time travel. Yeah. They absolutely love time travel. So. Yeah. They kind of did bootleg time travel in Generations because mm-hmm. they got like stuck in some fucking Aurora Borealis. Like, yeah. Well, they did a few. They did a few in Generations. Yeah, they did, yeah. Uh, they did the gangster one. Well, they, well, I'm talking about Star Trek Generations, the movie. Oh, that, oh that's right. I'm sorry. Where, yeah, 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 they got like caught up in like some nebula and mm-hmm. then like Kirk was there and they had to like team up. Right. And then he got like I forgot hit. about that. He got hit by like a shelf. Yeah, yeah, I forgot uh, about but that. Yeah, yeah. In the next generation, they did a lot of jumping the, around. Yeah, the gangster thing wasn't that holodeck though. Was it? I thought that it was. I thought that they just went back in time. I don't know. It's been a it's been a hot and zesty. Yeah, I haven't minute. watched it since I was a kid. Uh, and then of course they did the full movie with Kirk, where they went mm-hmm. back in time and saved the whales. And mm-hmm. I love that. There movie. was that punk on the bus with like a boombox, and Spock hit him in the nerves. 
I love, I love that movie. A, you gave him a pinch. Um, Colorful metaphors. Yeah, yeah, I think that one is universally disliked by Star Trek fans. But is I it? it? I think that's the one. Oh, it's, be... it's a voyage home, right? Yeah. Where they go back in time and they save the whales. Yeah. I think that, that one's hated. awesome. Weird. Maybe, maybe not. Again, it's been, I'm, I was a child. Yeah. I, I yeah. Was, and I, maybe if I saw it now, maybe I wouldn't like it. But I remember as a kid, I really liked yeah. that one. That was oh, my favorite one. I was a young baby child. <laughs> I like the one where, and I talked to you about this the other day, mm-hmm. where they get framed up for killing those Klingons. Right. The reason I like it is because those Klingons get blasted in zero G and they did like real shitty, like, late 80s, early 90s CGI blood globules floating around in Zero-G. Like the Klingons, like pink-ass blood is just slurping around in like fucking... I, I, I remember that reboot, movie, reboot but I, graphics. <laughs> I don't remember that scene. Yeah. I remember I remember, I remember them dying and I, I remember like Bones being like, well, if his blood was like, if his blood wasn't like some weird color, I remember that. And I remember like the bit of like, well, if the shoes fit. Right. I remember all of that happening and I remember a lot of that movie, but I don't remember that. Well, once we're done with this, I'll see if I can pull up the scene and show okay. you his weird fucking reboot level CGI blood. <laughs> it's going to be some beast wars. Yeah, some fucking Dinobot blood just fucking floating around. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Dinobot dies. Oh, no, don't do it. It hurts my heart. It really does. It really does. Anywho, oh, Star Trek 4, excited about it. Yeah, so I am also super excited about it, but I'm also super excited about this movie I just found out about today. That's uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Which I had not heard anything about until today. I also had not heard about it, which I'm me. So yeah, know. yeah. So for me, dear listener, for me, <laughs> that is that is a... Uh, True believers? <laughs> that's not weird at all because I don't keep up with TV and movie. Even some video game news I don't keep up with for the most part. But anyway, Danny does. Danny absolutely does. But anyway. I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it is a Guy Ritchie movie, which already that Locked excites me. Locked me up. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I'm done. Now let's go watch it. You yeah. know, you don't have to tell me anything else, but a King Arthur movie done by Guy Ritchie. Okay. Ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't need anything else about it, but it does. It gets better than that. So... So Charlie Hunnam is the main character. He's yeah, going to be Arthur. You already know going into it that it's going to be an ensemble cast yeah. because it's a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, which is awesome. So as, as far as I know right now, the main character is Charlie Hunnam. Off chain. Yeah. And then the main bad guy is Jude Law. And he's Vortigern. And he's like the main bad guy. So, so Jude Law is going to be partying. There's like a still frame that got released uh, today or yesterday. And he, he just looks fucking dope. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, like David Beckham is going to be in it mm-hmm. as like some guy. Eric Bana is going to be Arthur's dad, mm-hmm. Uther Pendragon. It comes out on the 24th of March. So not even that, that long from now in the grand scheme of things. Guy Ritchie movies tend to just sort of sneak out yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, for me personally, Rock and Roll is my favorite one. Oh, me too. Rock I didn't know that. Off, yeah, Rock and Roll off the fucking chain. Yeah, that's my favorite. I watched, favorite that, I watched movie. that movie like twelve times. Yeah, I've only seen it like three, but it's off the chain. Yeah, but I mean that one, the cast is like oh, so good. perfect. Yeah, yeah. You got a little Idris. You got a little Mark Strong. You got a little uh, Gerard. Mm-hmm. You got some Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy when he was like. Not huge and buff. Basically just like a who's who of comic book movies. Yeah. So it's really cool because this movie is going to be like that. And they're actually like, they want to combine kind of those movies with the mystical fantasy, fantastic elements of 
the King Arthur story. So that's man, what a cool idea! Yeah, that's the coolest idea. So they're they're saying that King Arthur in this, he's actually going to be kind of like an anti-hero, and he's going to be like a criminal, a much darker telling of of, of the character than what is normally portrayed. Which already that's fucking cool. Let's go. But to also combine that with Guy Ritchie stuff of like. There's going to be some convoluted ass fucking storyline of some fucking heist going on while all of this is going on and, and King Arthur's trying to fucking get get the fucking sword out of the stone, etc. Yes. That sounds incredible. Yeah. I I just and and they they released several uh set set photos from this and everything looks fucking great. Charlie Hunnam looks like a dope King Arthur that we've never seen yeah, before. Yeah, he looks crunk as fuck. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome. I, I can't wait to see this. And I again, like I said, I, I'm just it's kind of crazy that no one's talking about this. Yeah. Because this is such a cool concept. Such I, a cool I literally idea. hadn't heard about it until you mentioned it to me like an hour ago. Yeah. So crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I read about it and it, it was like new set photo of Jude Law. And I was like, whoa, this is what's what movie is this? Make, make an AI too? fired <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. And, and then I they clicked on the, it. The two inted Mr. Ripley over here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway. But yeah, I pulled it up and I was like, this sounds like the best movie. Yeah, I'm, I, I think it's going to be fucking incredible. Guy Ritchie's really good at making like badasses. Mm-hmm. And then to like put that into like like the Arthurian yeah. Camelot type of setting yeah. is going to be wild. Yeah. Because like, we've never really seen him go outside like Cockney, London, mm-hmm. crime, dark comedy. Yeah, absolutely. The end. Yeah. So I, I'm also really excited to see how far they go with like the mystical elements. Yeah. Because it's really hard to do King Arthur without those. I, I know it's been done before. Uh, that movie that came out uh, early 2000s, King Arthur. Um, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice? No, off the chain. No, there, there was a movie just called, was it King Arthur? Maybe. Maybe it was just called Arthur. Anyway, but yeah, they did it without like the mystical elements. And it was pretty cool. Was it, that it, with like Clive Owen or yeah, some shit? Yeah, I never yeah. saw that movie, but I know what you're talking about. It's not. It, it wasn't terrible, but it, it was interesting in that it was. It was. They were going for more of like a historical portrayal, right? And it was very interesting. And and they were uh, Roman conscripts, so they 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 weren't they weren't themselves Roman, but they were like forced into subservience, and they were like at the end of their like indenture. Did you ever see First Night starring Richard Gere and Sean Connery? <laughs> yes. That was that was King Arthur without mystical elements. Because Richard Gere was Lancelot and Sean Connery was King Arthur. Were they? Yeah. I saw that when I was like a kid and I don't remember that being an Arthur story. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. Well. Now I feel obligated to Google it, but I'm like 80% sure I'm not high. Yeah. I just thought that it had some homages. I didn't, I didn't realize that it was. All right. We're action. doing a Joe Rogan. I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets strapped in. Lancelot falls in love with Guinevere, who is to be married to King Arthur, and they fuck, and King Arthur gets mad. The movie. Right. First Night, starring Richard Gere. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But anyway, so we're going to have another one of those. Exactly the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the exact same. Sean Connery and Richard Gere are both going to be in it. They're yeah. going to be sword fighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be rad. Uh, I can't I can't wait. It's it's so fucking cool. Yeah, now that I know about it, I'm fucking fired up as hell. March yeah. is like tomorrow. Yeah, No Man's Sky will be out. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but yeah, Hunnam's awesome. I, I I really like him. I think 
that just sounds like a cool character for him to do. They're just tough, like criminal rogue King Arthur. Yeah. That sounds awesome. One thing that's really wild about Guy Ritchie to me is that he honestly doesn't repeat actors that often, which considering that he does these huge ensemble casts yeah, of yeah, like true. English actors pretty much exclusively. Mm-hmm. He almost never doubles down. Yeah. That is crazy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Weird. Weren't there a few in Lockstock and then Snatch had like a couple? Yeah, like a couple though. Yeah. Like um, Jason Statham's in both of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's think, awesome, uh, man. I think um, maybe I'm misremembering, but wasn't Tommy the tit from Snatch in one of the Sherlock Holmes movies? I don't remember. And I guess Jude Law was in those. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a repeat. But it's still, considering the number of actors that he uses that are all like major, like Mm -hmm. a list English actors. He doesn't really like double down that often. True. True. When you see other directors who stay in such a like niche like that. Yeah. It's just the same cast over and over again, which is fine. Yeah. And sometimes it really works. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually cool Mm -hmm. when you're like, all right. So I know that Michael Ricker is going to be in every fucking James Gunn movie. (laughs) I get it. Sometimes you just got bros. You got to help your bros out. Yeah. Anyway, Sorry to go off on a rant, as you do. It happens every time. Episode 13, everybody. Done. You know, I thought we were going to be killed by Jason. <laughs> correct reference. I made the correct reference. Jason Voorhees, everybody. Full circle. Yes. Full circle. So anyway. tell your friends about our podcast. Yeah, everybody. share. Share on Facebook with all your hundreds of close personal <laughs> digital internet friends. Yeah. Spread the word. Maybe we'll do like a giveaway. Yeah, something. We gotta get the, we gotta get this ball rolling. We gotta get the word out. Yeah, because when the cheese starts flowing, craft gets your noodle going. <laughs> Can I say that? Am I gonna get sued? No, you're just you're just really you're giving them free advertisement. Yeah. Can you quote a craft macaroni and cheese commercial from like 1994? If not, I don't want to be alive. <laughs> anyway, see you next time.